Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. And so he's going to lead this 10-district kingdom, probably split up like Hunger Games or something, all these different districts. There's going to be 10 rulers under him, but he is going to be the main authority on the world scene at that time, and he's going to be the beast that is looking to eat up the different Christians running around throughout the world at that time, people who profess to be a Christian. But something interesting happens. We see where the harlot is riding the beast, the false religious system and the government are hand in hand at this time. And the reason that the Antichrist is so cordial to any religion is because religion will bring people together. And he is going to use the religious system of the world at that time just to unite people, but then worship will be directed towards him because he is going to be a man who is arrogant, driven by demonic power, driven by Satan who believes that he could rise above God and nothing will take him down. But something interesting is going to happen after he uses this harlot, this prostitute, For his own purposes, he's going to turn on her, and he is going to destroy the harlot. In verses 15 to 17, we see that. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. All the world is going to be seduced. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate, naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. He's going to turn on the world religious system of that time and he's going to attack it. He's going to set himself up as God, if you will. And then we see that we don't see this harlot anymore. She's she's gone. The false religious system of the world is going to fade away. The very false religion that seduces so many people in this world There's nothing that is more dangerous than religion without commitment to Jesus Christ. And so at at this time, all false religion will be wiped off of the face of the planet through the beast and his ten confederate united kingdom there. But this is all according to God's purpose, verse 17, for God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose. So everything that man found comfortable in the sake of religion will be destroyed according to the purposes of God. There's two enemies to the church. Let me tell you, two enemies to the church. One is persecution, the other one is seduction. One is persecution, the other one is seduction. Both attack the church, but in different ways. The persecution actually will purify a church and works in favor of God. But seduction wrecks a church. Seduction pulls God's people away. It seduces them from a true 
deep commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why you've got so many people that call Christ Community Church their home church, but they're maybe here once or twice a month. They're being seduced by the world. They don't see it fit to be involved in church on a regular basis. They want to serve God on their terms, but they think they're okay with the Lord. We do not come to the Lord on our terms. We come to the Lord on His terms. And so what America is facing today, what our country is facing today, not so much the enemy of persecution, but they are facing the enemy of seduction. They are being seduced by the material things of this world. This is why it will be nothing for people to leave church today and go buy an expensive lunch but give God a dollar in the the offering plate. These are facts. It would be remiss to not be honest and to be truthful with you this morning on such a horrendous passage that tells us what this world is coming to. Leonard Ravenhill said these words. Should have put it on the screen, but listen to me. The true man of God is heartsick, grieved at the worldliness of the church, grieved at the toleration of sin in the church, grieved at the prayerlessness in the church. He is disturbed that the corporate prayer of the church no longer pulls down the strongholds of the devil. The world is seducing the church just like a prostitute, seducing a man who can't control his passions. So there's the woman, the beast. But what does that say to us today? And you're probably thinking, Walter, you've said it all. We don't want to. <laughs> if we're to look at Revelation chapter 17 and 18, and, and we know the outcome. We know the outcome of the false religion. We know the outcome of the political and economic system of this world. God pulls no punches. He reveals it all to us in His goodness and His grace because I believe what is revealed in Scriptures like Revelation 17 will accomplish its purpose. It will pull some people out of the world. It will get some Christians back on track again. It will surely fulfill its purpose. That's what Isaiah 55 says. It says God's Word always accomplishes its purpose. So if I was to give you What these passages say to you and I today, I would say, first of all, do not fall prey to the world. The world is filled with deception. The world is filled with deception. It it attracts through possessions. The material things of this world continue to pull at people. Today, it always wants to sell you something better, something bigger, something newer, something cooler. It is always going to try and sell you some. In fact, people make an entire career out of putting out propaganda that is designed to do one thing, and that is to make you feel uncomfortable with what you have, make you feel dissatisfied with the things that you already have, so that it can siphon more and more resources from you while neglecting the kingdom of God. It attracts through pride, like First John said, the pride of life. Look who I am. Look what I have. Look what I do. Look what status symbols I wear and drive. Look at me. That's what this world is coming to. Look at me, this pride. Facebook, putting ourselves out on the front page, making us something that we're not really. 
through pride. We, we see our role models today and athletes and actors, and what do they do? They're filled with pride. They're so anti-God. They wear their crosses around their necks, and they go and they tout, God bless you, and they're filled with pride. They would never bow to the authority of God. And our kids follow them. It attracts through pleasure. Satan wants you to think that the world is just one big fair. It's all about fun and games. It's all about pleasure. And people become these pleasure seekers, not God seekers. It's all about the next party, the next weekend, the next trip. God is the furthest thing from their mind. And pleasure becomes a priority. I can't wait to get off work so I can go watch pornography. It attracts through power. The world will attract people through power. This enticement to control other people's lives. I've got to climb the corporate ladder. Why? To better humanity or to wield power? To exercise authority over people so that you can have the big office on the corner? What is the purpose? What is the motivation? The temptation to win a public office so that People can be at your feet all the time groveling for favors. So we see that the world attracts through power, it attracts through promises. If only I had enough of a nest egg put away, I'll be secure. Because it's going to promise you the empty promise of security. And all the world can do is give you empty promises. It never makes promises it can deliver on. The empty promise of security, my 401k, everything else. By the way, God, here's a nod for you. I don't know about you, but I want my security to be rooted in the Scriptures and in the things of the Lord. It attracts through the empty promise of significance. Significance. Mankind has always sought significance in this world. They've always sought identity in this world. In fact, this was one of the problems at the Tower of Babel. When they began to build the Tower of Babel, they said, what? Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us make a name for ourselves. They're going to do it their way, and they're going to gain significance on their own. And what happens? Destruction happens. And then in the very next chapter, in Genesis chapter 12, God says, I will make your name great to Abraham. Calling Abraham out by faith. There's a difference where we find significance, where the world finds significance. The empty promise of satisfaction. The world can never bring satisfaction like God can. And we think if only... I had more relationships. If I had only had more things, you know, my soul, and there's always going to be an itch you can't scratch until you come to Jesus, until you just give him everything, friends. We live in a culture that is more dangerous than any culture in the world. We live in a culture that is so deceptive and so blinding that we think we can be okay with God when we really aren't. That's why people in third world countries, when they really surrender, they really surrender. They're not fighting the material things. They're not fighting the pride. They're not fighting things like you and I fight today that can blind us to the true gospel. They said that, I've read it on Facebook, that somebody posted it. It goes something like this. You'll never know Jesus is all you'll need until Jesus is all you have. 
this empty promise of satisfaction. And as time progresses, people are going to become more in love with the world, more in love with themselves. Revelation 17 and 18 is only the culmination of an anti-God culture, a culture that says, I don't want God. America is a picture of that right now. We pretty much are living in a Babylon. We had all the glory of Babylon. We're just as anti-God. And things are only going to culminate in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5. to It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then he says, have nothing to do with them because they are dangerous. They will pull you down the same road that they are going to. So the world is not only filled with deception, friends, but the world is also destined for destruction. It is also destined for destruction. Look at verse 7 of chapter 18. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. She believes she's untouchable. She believes that she's not going to see sorrow. She doesn't believe in judgment. She doesn't believe in God. She doesn't believe in the Scriptures like what we believe this morning and what we know to come down the pipe. She will just dismiss that. Everything that's said. I'm untouchable. Will not see sorrow. But destruction is going to come. And destruction is going to come suddenly. Look at verse 17 of chapter 18. For in one hour such great riches came to nothing. This destruction is going to come upon them suddenly. Just like the Black Tuesday of the stock market crash in 1929. People got up on a Tuesday morning. They had no idea what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, the whole system came falling down. All the riches came plummeting in a moment, in a moment. And it took people by surprise so much that they jumped out of windows. They lost their riches. They lost everything that they had invested in in one moment and out the window, committing suicide, turning from princes to paupers in a moment. And it's going to come quickly. Destruction's going to come thoroughly. Look at verse 21. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found any more. The millstone, Jesus talked about a millstone in destruction as well. And then look, here's the description of how this is going to end in verse 22. The sound of the harpist. Musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard 
in you anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. In verse 23, the light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. It's coming down. And it's not just going to be partial judgment. It is thorough judgment. It is complete. And that's why the Bible uses this imagery. In John's day, they would have understood because society is all about the music playing, the trumpeters trumpeting, the harpists playing, the musicians playing, the giving away in marriage and the, the wedding receptions and all of that, describing society. And it is all going to stop the party is going to end. And not only is it going to come thoroughly, it will come sorrowfully. Look at verse 14 and 15. The fruit that your soul longed for is gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, and you shall find them no more at all. Verse 15. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. you knew a business venture was going to fail, would you invest in that business? Say you got together with some friends and you, you all got together and you said, let's, let's plant wheat. Let's, let's put wheat in the ground and grow a crop of wheat. But you knew that the wheat crop was going to fail. Would you invest in it? If you knew Apple stock was going to crash tomorrow, would you invest in Apple stock? You wouldn't. Nobody would with any common sense. But, but yet that's what Christians are doing all over the world. They're investing in something that's going to crash. Something they know is going to fail. So know that. And if anything, Revelation 17 and 18 teaches us that the world is filled with deception and the world is destined for destruction. But it also teaches us something else. It's impossible to love God in the world. It is impossible to love God and the world. It is totally, in Revelation 17 and 18, you see all of humanity in love with the world. There is no God. The only God you find in 17 and 18 is, is false religion and, and themselves. But here, you see no It's impossible. You can't. You can't. Don't even use those terms if you're in love with the world. I love God. It's a mockery. It's an absolute mockery. If you love the world, you can't love God. And the problem is the inward man. It is, it is the heart. Listen to me. When 1 John talked about this in chapter 2, it is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's everything internal, everything that you're made of. The heart, the internal CPU, that's the problem. That's why it's so glorious when people come to Jesus Christ because that CPU has changed out. You now have one that operates on a God level. 
And that's the beauty of when somebody, when somebody is born again, when, stop, when somebody is born again, when somebody is born again, it's what happens. It's, it's inward. The lust of the flesh is now controlled. The lust of the eyes is now controlled. Like Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes that I would not look upon a young handmaiden. You see, beloved, I use that term with sincerity, with all sincerity this morning. Beloved, 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 hear this. It's impossible to love God. And the problem in the world today is people have too high of a view of themselves and too low of a view of God. Do you know what the antidote to loving the world is? I'm going to give you the secret. Listen to me. Here's the secret. This is it. The antidote to loving the world is this, loving God. It is loving God. It is the only way to deal with the love of the world and the things of the world that are being swept away to eternal destruction. It is loving God. It is loving God. When I fell in love with Griselle, there was no flaw in her. Gosh. There still is no flaw in her. I had to think about when you laughed. When you laughed, I'm like, what are you laughing at? And then I thought, it's got to be something I'm in trouble. Whenever I say Griselle and you laugh, I know I'm in trouble at home later. So I clean that up. There still is no flaw in her. But you know what I've noticed with a lot of marriages? What I've noticed with a lot of marriages is this, that it's the same way. They start dating and there is no flaw. Just beauty. And then I've noticed that after marriage goes on, for a while they start to look at negative things in their spouse. And then all of a sudden they're working with somebody at work and they find that woman's smile a little bit cuter than their wife's smile. They like their hair better than their hair. They like their shape better than their shape. And before you know it, they find themselves in an unfaithful relationship with this other person. And that's the way it happens with Christians. I've seen Christians on fire for the Lord and they run out the doors and all they can talk about is their love for Jesus and everything else and they're on fire for the Lord. But after a while, there's things in the world that begin to wink at them. There's things in the world that begin to smile at them and they say, you know, that doesn't look too bad. That doesn't look so bad and they start going down that path and before you know it, they're in a love relationship with the world and in an unfaithful relationship with God. If you want to get out of the world, look at the beauty of the Lord. Nothing compares to Him. Andrew Murray was a great teacher, writer, pastor, lived in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and he went to school to study to be a minister, and, but he was unsaved. During his general studies, he did not know Christ, and he didn't know it. It was when he started his theological studies that he realized that he wasn't a Christian. So he writes a letter to his parents, and he says, Your son has been born again. I have cast myself on Christ. 
when he came to the Lord, he writes to his parents. He says those words, but here's the quote I want you to hear from him. He said, a true revival means nothing less than a revolution, casting out the spirit of worldliness and selfishness and making God and his love triumph in the heart and life. God is calling his people out. God is calling his people out. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.